No doubt about it. Okay. It's go time. It is go- the legends here. <laughs> the legend has made it. <laughs> the legend has made it. For those of you who do not know politics in the state of New Mexico, we would like to introduce you to Jay McCleskey, a man who is the best in the business. He quite is. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, we're all for two with him, but anyway, whatever. Still. But uh, so and for those of you who do know politics, you probably do know Jay. He has a, a long history in the state uh, as a general campaign consultant, which we'll talk about what that is with you and, and talk about where the state of politics is in New Mexico. And we'll spend a lot of time on our campaign, what happened, what worked, what didn't work, maybe some funny things along the way. But tell us, first of all, a little bit of your story, how you ended up in politics and how you ended up doing this for this long in the state. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, I agreed to do this when I didn't think you'd actually have the podcast. Yeah, of little faith. That's a good point. He's not somebody you see on a lot of different uh, shows. Ever. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I he is the ghost. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got into politics. I was I was down in New Mexico State, always interested in politics, but I was down in New Mexico State taking a New Mexico government class. And one of the projects was to do a, I think this was 96, and it was to do targeting, precinct targeting for um, a state Senate race. And I ended up helping out Bill Payne, who's a, uh, was a state senator, ends up winning that race by a coin toss. People know that in New Mexico, you have a game of chance if it's a tie vote, oh, and he geez. ends up tails never fails. Yeah, and he he was a state senator. He's now a regent at UNM. I met the uh, executive director of the Republican Party at the time was Kevin Muma. Got to know him. Started working for the party as a political director, doing campaigns. Um, ended up doing the uh, race. Uh, against Raymond Sanchez when he was a Speaker of the House. For John Sanchez, For right. John Sanchez, yep. and John defeated him yep. um, in 2000. was a huge race. Ended up then taking um, the position as the executive director and ran the state party in New Mexico in 01. Uh, did John's gov- gubernatorial race in 02. So and wait, you were state party chair? I told state you he was. executive director. Oh, executive ED. Okay, for John got Dendall. it. Uh, John Dendall, got it. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, sorry. That's so, a little inside baseball. That's interesting. Yeah, so he was... Uh, <laughs> And then after that, I ended up uh, working for the Bush campaign. Um, I had actually New Mexico and Nevada, primarily New Mexico, and in the 2004 election and passed. After that, I worked for the political arm of the of President Bush, which is out of the RNC, as the regional political director for the Southwest, kind of running uh, all the federal races and, and those operations for four years. And then ended up uh, starting my own business when I left the RNC in 08, went back to doing campaigns, did uh, R.J. Berry's mayoral election. Um, Governor Martinez's um, election yeah. um, ended up working, staying on and running her PACs and stuff in New Mexico. At the same time, I'm doing races in other states, mm-hmm. do stuff in other states, yeah. and um, ended up meeting you along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was 2014. I know we thought about running, so we we went to we flew to DC. You, Christy, and I, and, and you. Well, not together. Not together, because no. Here's the thing, we. As some people don't actually know this, because they think, I don't know, you were just some weather guy that decided out of the, like, I don't know, five seconds before election <laughs> to just throw your hat in. But we'd actually been looking at this for several years and trying to get guidance on the right race to jump into, making sure that um, it was a, it was something that would make sense for everyone involved, what, you know, the people of New Mexico, our family, everything. And so we um, we go out to D.C. It's 2014, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was after Michelle's first two terms in the House, first two years right. in the House. For okay. congressional yeah. seat. Yeah, yep. you were thinking about running for, yeah. that's Congress, what, yeah. Congress. And yep. so we fly out there 
And I have to kind of go kill time because you're going to have some secret meetings with Jay, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I go to the museums and do my thing, blah, 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 blah. And then what I recall is that we were supposed to meet at this Italian restaurant for dinner and I was going to meet the legendary Jay, right? Yeah. For the first time, really you could sit down, ask him some questions. He's going to get to know me a little bit, make sure I'm a good candidate's wife kind of thing. Yeah. And so we go to the Italian restaurant. Here comes Mark, he comes strolling in and I'm like, where's Jay? And he's like, yeah, he's gone. He left. And he, uh, you know, this is how, I guess he just flies back whenever he wants to. And I was like, so no time for me. And so it took several years until I actually met you. You two right. were pretty well, much... we'd have regular secret meetings in a, <laughs> in a resort called the Balsams in New Hampshire. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so. and, and in truth, I was very skeptical about Mark running, not, not because he was a great candidate and he'd yeah. do well. I was always like, why would you subject yourself to this? And yeah. this? It's such it's a true. tough state. There's such remember. tough mm-hmm. districts. I'm like, really? Like, you really yeah. want to do this and no, give up your job right. and your career? So many people run for office and they're not really risking a whole lot. I know. You know, and, and you guys put Risk, everything out there yeah. and risked it all. And and that's why, like, in 14 and, and throughout, it was always, like, it was kind of, you know, skeptical. Of, yeah. Well, we no. All, we in, put in, it all on red, and we lost. Yeah, it turns <laughs> out. Turns out it turns out we're like, I didn't know there was a blue. There's a blue in this? I thought it was just black. Um, no, and, and it's one of the interesting things uh, about – uh, working with you because for people in the political world are like you know you have a lot of supporters but then you, you have people who who it was always funny when I'd meet people who would say you know are, are you using Jay and I'd say yeah and, and and we'd always start these conversations they'd be like well I, I don't I don't like them and, and and after a while I'd be like first question out of my mouth would be so when did you first meet him invariably every time oh, well I've never actually met him but I just you know and it's just and so we always make this joke that we send you this meme that says you know you're the best when when when, when everybody you know people who don't even know you hate you and, and and so obviously when you look at that you knew that world you know how you know combative it is and I was coming from a world where where you know when you do the weather especially if you do a good job they love you yeah. and, and you're right you tried to give me the warning I remember, um, you know, obviously I'd be go to lunches and stuff with Governor Martinez and people would come up and with RJ or whatever, and people would come up when lunches with you was even way more popular because it's like 100% of the people loved you, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously immediately when you announce 50%. They hate you. Yeah, they yeah. Hate you. you're right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. Well, the best days we ever had were when we started, we looked at doing the Senate race uh-huh. and Nicole, your wife was our pollster. So we'd poll me. We'd look great. We're like, yeah, we like some, <laughs> yeah. And what it does is in TV, this is the interesting thing about TV. Uh, when you sit down to negotiate your contract in television, which you do every three years, they never tell you how popular you are. They don't uh-huh. want you to know uh-huh. because if you know, then you know how valuable you are. Well, when you get into the political world and you start looking at the numbers, you, it's a similar thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a positive or negative. What do they think of you? What do you Name, think, you know? ID. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. And that's the stuff in TV that is so closely guarded by stations that we finally had a look at it. Now, that doesn't mean you win or whatever, but it does at least give you that jumping off point. So when you look at candidates and you start saying, okay, I'm going to, you know, check out like Susanna was a, was a great candidate because she had a, a background in, you know, in law enforcement basically. And then, you know, coming up through the ranks. So she was an attractive candidate I know. Obviously, we had our benefits. What do you look at in a candidate to say, okay, you know what? I'm jumping on board here. Well, I mean, I, I just think it's candidates. There are different candidates that are right at different times. And I think it's kind of, to me, obviously, you know, I'm a big basketball fan, basketball coach. It's like a game of matchups and can- campaigns are game of matchups. And you had, you know, you go back to Governor Martinez. When she first ran, she was a prosecutor 
Um, corruption was a huge issue in the state in the primary. Yeah. She's a prosecutor who had prosecuted corruption. She'd prosecuted cases on the border. The border is a big issue. She was an outsider, you know, and that Richardson, that was kind of a perfect fit. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think sometimes, um, that's really kind of what you're looking for is a candidate, the right fit at the right time. And, and it's just being honest with candidates about can you, and some of these races are just, they're, they're very challenging yeah. to get into. And I think the other thing is you saw that happened is you go through, you know, the Senate primary and, and all of a sudden everyone you beat, they don't always come right on board. Ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, really? Really? They get really? very offended. <laughs> and, uh, they're offended that they didn't win that primary. And so they're not going to have your back right away. It's just like, I go through these and it's funny because it's like every campaign afterwards is like, you know, they, they're, they get very offended that they lost right. and they don't ever want to say, well, voters just chose this candidate. It's right. always, oh, he, yeah. he had more money or he did this yes. or he did that. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, no, you lost. Yeah. yeah. Voters. That's yeah, true. Yeah. It is. It, it is funny though. Time does heal some of that. Like uh, Lisa Martinez, I, I think she's great at the time, you know, it wasn't great, but, mm-hmm. but then in Gavin, I've talked to him since then. Now the, the governor's race was different. That, that definitely was more contentious, I think, than what we had in. And I'm not even so much talking about candidates as their supporters sometimes. It's yeah. How it, and activists, voters get over it real fast. Like yeah. Voters, voters yeah. Right. That's always a, there's always a separation between what voters um, want and what activists want sometimes. Yeah. You kind of see that. Yeah. Kind of insiders or the establishment. Yeah, and when you different. say activists, what, who are you talking about? I'm talking about, about insiders, establishment. Right. You know the the you know the same you know fifty or hundred people that are kind of involved. Right. You know, like these are, these are um, you know very. They go to the meetings. They're they very got, opinionated. Yeah. God bless them. They're very active, yeah, but absolutely. they're very opinionated and and they're going to take sides. Right. For a long time. And right. usually, yeah. usually yeah. they're kind of one issue voter to some degree. Like that's really kind of, they get really passionate about one particular issue that's going to be decided or they're hoping it will be decided mm-hmm. is kind of my experience with it. And sometimes that to me feels challenging is that, you know, you, you want, you want to find a candidate that's going to help the this, this state on a whole and, and not, there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. We've talked about that, right? Like you can't, you're not going to fill every bucket for every single voter out there or every single activist out there. Like that doesn't exist. So you're trying to find somebody though, like I, you know, obviously I'm biased and I think he was a great candidate um, because he's a good communicator and could really talk to both sides of the aisle, which I think that has to be something well, you look for too. Well, I think that was too. a big thing. I mean, he's, I mean, Mark's very genuine. He's very intelligent. Yeah. He's very um, charismatic and he has that kind of appeal. And, mm-hmm. and that's why he was successful in, in television. It's why, you know, he didn't win these races, but it's why he's able to win the primaries. It's why mm-hmm. he was able to make them as competitive as they, as they were mm-hmm. in a very blue state. And so you, you see that. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the campaign. I want to go through this starting at the primary. This was sort of a uh, primary. We had a lot of different characters in this race. When you looked at who we were running against, what did you think of the race as we got things started? Well, I, I thought there were there were strong candidates that were in the field that, you know, that we had to take the primary seriously, mm-hmm. that we could very easily lose the primary. Yeah. Um, I, I think they, you know, underestimated your strength as a candidate in yeah. a primary. But I mean, primaries, Republican primaries around the country are notorious for, yeah. you know, flipping at the last minute and and you know, candidates coming out of nowhere and winning. So I was always nervous about the primary. I thought we had candidates that could beat us, and so we had to take it real seriously. And, and we knew that if someone was going to beat us, they're going to have to run to my right. Right. We, we, we just, we sort of, we sort of felt that way. Right. I mean, and first thing we had to do was get on the ballot. I don't know if you remember, we almost didn't accomplish that. <laughs> well, so I'm on a, I'm on a fundraising trip in Dallas 
And uh, Jessica, our fundraiser, and I are in Dallas raising money. And uh, so we're, we're going there, and all of a sudden we get a panicked call that our, our, our paperwork is not correct. And that if it wasn't in that day, we might not end up on the ballot. And we, we did not believe that the Democratic Secretary of State was going to give us, you know, <laughs> you don't the think Maggie corner. was looking to help me out. Maggie we were not getting the outside yeah. corner on no, that one. No. And so, and we, we were really light staff. I mean, the campaign was really. With three people. We had like three yeah. people yeah. working. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had to uh, put someone on a plane. Yeah, Wake Gardner flew out. Flew out on a plane to <laughs> Dallas to get mall. your signature. Yeah. It's <laughs> good use of campaign funds right there. Like, here you go. Wake, get on a plane. Dude, we're not going to take that chance. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, we almost didn't make it on the ballot. And yeah. Then, and then well, Ella and I had to drive all those petitions back up to make sure that they got filed and sit there and watch them. So in, that was, in Santa Fe, in right? In Santa Fe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Christy and Ella go up to Santa Fe. And this is all around the time where we start the, the Republican convention. Right, because there are multiple ways to get on the ballot. Right, right. So you can get, get on a couple different ways. One is you can go and get, well, basically a combination of a certain number of signatures, like 1,500 signatures and 20% at the convention. Or you can get something roughly around 3,500 signatures, and you don't have to have a convention presence. Um, so those are really kind of the two basic ways in which you get on. Well, we knew, and, and some of what you talked about, when I got in this race, I was not the darling of the convention. So for people who don't know what the convention is and, and how it works, how's that play well, out? Every county holds holds a convention, and, and delegates, people run and become delegates, and then they go to the state convention, and then they vote for candidates. Right. They changed the rules, though, this time. It used to be a big organizing effort for gubernatorial campaigns. You would try to get as many of your supporters within the county, your grassroots supporters, to show up and become del- run and become delegates mm-hmm. in their wards or their districts and get elected and then vote for you. They changed the rules to where if you hadn't been, some of these counties did, where if you hadn't been to the last three county meetings, you couldn't be a delegate. You couldn't be a delegate. So what that basically did is shut out every yeah. all of a lot right. of your supporters right. who, who were new to the process. Right. And uh, we we thought it was going to be a very uphill battle. At that well, so point. so then we had a choice to make. We all get on the phone. I'll never forget this. We get on the phone, and we know we have three different choices. And you, myself, I think uh, Scott Darnell on the phone, uh-uh. and I think Alexis uh, Darnell's on the phone. We're we're all sitting there, and, and Nicole's on the phone. We say, "What do we do? We could do number one. We could just blow off the convention altogether because we had eighty five hundred signatures. So we had more signatures than anybody else by threefold. Right. So we knew we had the support we needed. So we could just not go to the convention." All right, but that tells the the real grassroots people who put real effort in in the state, hey, we don't even care to talk to you. So that was a tough one. Number two, we could go and give it a full effort. Go out there and give it a full shot. And we knew we were going to lose. Yeah, like we right. were going to go give it a full effort. We're going to show weakness just <laughs> by getting smoked in the convention. And then number three was go to the convention and tell everybody in the convention, don't vote for me. <laughs> Right. Don't vote for me. And we settled on choice number three. Well, we, it wasn't really a we, Jay, as you recall. This was your decision, Mark. And uh, we all stood in the back and uh, watched you make this decision. And then we got behind you because it did make, it honestly made the most sense, like logically, when you really think about it. But well, I think, it, I think it, initially you weren't, you were down for an old number one. I was down for old number one. (laughs) Just for my own comfort. Just like, hey, I don't want to show up. Here's the thing. It's talking about grassroots, but it's really establishment. When you shut out grassroots, it becomes an establishment thing. No, and that's the thing. And and really what I – number one made me a little nervous, and we'd always talked about it. The other side was 
people spend a campaign spend a ton of money yeah. on this convention process that real vo- Republican voters don't care about. Right. right. And for us, I mean, I remember we talked about this was let them spend that money. Let's yeah. put like let's put together like not pull out right away and make them spend a ton of money. And then at the end of the day, you can give your speech. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where you came down. At the it was end not, of the day. it was not well received oh, by well, some. It, it, but, that's an understatement. But I will say what I said in the speech and I stand behind it is like too much, too many times in these, in these meetings, whatever party you're in, people end up fighting with each other and, and not realizing that we're all pulling in the same direction here. So my point was, I don't need your vote today. And I said that I don't need your vote today because I'm on the ballot, but give your vote to someone else, get as many people on the ballot as we can, which also benefited our campaign, (laughs) but uh, get as many people on the ballot as you can and and let's go and let's elect somebody in the primary and then everybody pull in the same direction. Let's do it together. We interrupt this podcast to play for you the speech in full so you can determine how offensive it really was. Our first candidate for governor is Mark Ronchetti. Mark! Thank you all. Uh, we really appreciate it. And one of the real problems being a dad that I've just found out as I'm looking at these two little girls standing up here is sometimes you got to put your money where your mouth is and say what you really think. So this is going to be unlike any convention speech that you've ever heard. Because I'm not going to stand up here today pound away and tell you why I need your vote as a delegate. Let me explain why. I believe every Republican running over here should be on the ballot with me. I mean that. We have 7,000 signatures from Republicans like you guys all across the state. We are on the ballot already. But there are candidates that you're going to hear from that are good people that deserve to be on this ballot as well. So for the sake of party unity, I encourage every one of you to give them a fair hearing as well. And let's get as many people on that ballot to take on Michelle Wuhan Grisham as possible. But I'm concerned because of the backbiting and backstabbing that this process has become. Many of you have seen it. We've got gubernatorial candidates trying to keep other gubernatorial candidates off the ballot. We've got cheap shot cowards going out there sending texts anonymously. Grow up. This isn't who we are. And you know, we even have friends in this room who aren't speaking to each other because they find themselves on the other side of this, what they call battle. We're all on the same side here. But too often when we go to certain counties, and it's happened this time, certain counties change their rules to keep certain Republicans from attending this event. We cannot do that because parties who exclude their own lose. If you look around this room, it's very clear. We are all partners in a fight to beat the one person that we know we have to triumph over, and that is Michelle Lujan Grisham. I respect your efforts. That's why we've gone around this state, and we will continue to go around this state. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We need you, and our campaign needs you. No question about it. But today, come together and bring more Republicans together, because this campaign, 
across the state has 7,000 people that have signed our petition, more than three times any other candidate. We've raised more money by threefold than any other candidate. We have our own opponents polling that says we're dead even with the governor. Ready to compete on day one. Yes! Our chance is here. It is now. We need you. But please, don't believe the fight is in this room. It's out there, and let's take it to them. Well, and if you look at how it turned out for us, it kind of turned out perfect. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah. Know, and uh, yeah. I think Jay Block won the primary. He did. He, he's he was still the, eating off that somewhere in Rio Rancho, he, he was I think. The, uh, <laughs> the one candidate that we didn't you know, feel was going to be able to beat you ever right. under any circumstances. And then, you know, you had, I think Dow took second. Or Dow took second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. She did. And in and, 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 and defense of her, Dow was tough in the respect that she worked really, really hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she would get up every day and, and Dow really pushed hard. So she was the one that we kind of were keeping an eye on most of the time. Yeah. I think she, I mean, she worked really hard on yep. the convention process. She worked no. really hard at fundraising. Yep. I mean, they were, uh, they put together, you know, a pretty aggressive campaign. They did. Yeah. And, and here's one thing. So I meet with her right at the beginning of the campaign. And we sat down and I remember you're like, you should, are you really going to meet with her? I was like, yeah, I'm going to meet with her. And so we sat down and talked and, and we went back and forth on stuff. And, and I basically encouraged her. I said, look, I think you should, should run for a different position. And, and, and she said, you know, she basically told me to pound sand and, and it was like, okay, I understand. And then we, we talked, she said, well, I'm not going to go negative in this campaign. And I said, if you don't go negative, I'll never go negative on you. I said, I promise you, I won't go negative first because I knew. And we didn't. No, but we didn't go negative first. And so, <laughs> and, and, and I said to her, okay, if you're not going negative, then this will not be a negative campaign. And it took and her all of, lasted all of I think she called me television blowhard in her first ad. So was that before or after your debate? Uh, oh, the debate. Oh, it was well before. Okay. Yeah. So she go no, her, so she, so here's, you know, so her first ad got her a little bit of juice. She's on the horse and, and she goes riding along the border. Like we've got, you know, like the Royal Canadian Mountie, she's cruising back and forth <laughs> on this horse. I'm like, dang it. You know, it's just, and so she's starting to get a little juice out of it. She calls me a television blowhard and our approach was, we just didn't, we weren't going to, you know, we, we knew, you know, we were in good position. The numbers still look good for us. So we were going to keep pushing our message. Right. And, and she was, she was clearly trying to run and be the Trump candidate. Right. She was talking about finishing the border wall. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she was going to be the Trump candidate. And at that point, like we knew she, it was going to be a very aggressive primary, but I, at that moment in my mind, that's not who Re- Rebecca Dow was as a legislator. Right. She had a good record. She had a record, but it was she's a w- w- bipartisan record. She worked across party lines, worked on different things. She was not the the flamethrower right. that they were trying to right. position her as. And at the end of the day, in these races, voters figure it out, especially it, if someone's pointing it out. <laughs> and that's the issue too, right? So, so then we let that go, and then she goes with a much harder – she goes after me much harder on TV. I mean, she went after me for the Trump comments and everything else and unloaded. So then we're like, okay, it's go time now. Like it's, we're going to talk about this. And this gets to your point, be authentic, be who you are. And when you are not who you are, it's easy to point that out. And so we had two glaring examples at our first, you know, kind of foray into going after, going after her on TV. 
Right. We had some, uh, I think one was a crime vote that yep. that was um, where she had voted to get mandate parole for those sentenced to life in yep. prison for murder sentenced to life. There was the issue on the border that like she had mm-hmm. just voted. Um, stimulus on, checks. Yeah. To give stimulus checks to illegal immigrants, mm-hmm. give work permits to illegal immigrants. And, you know, we point those out in the ads and in basically we had that exchange where they're shooting at us. I think a lot of the insider pundits yeah. who didn't want you to win, who right. pretend to be neutral, but didn't, you know, right. we're like, Oh my God, she's going to kill him. She's killing him. <laughs> like these ads are great. And we saw, cause we were polling afterwards that we had that fire fight and she was dead. Yeah, she was we, dead. we flipped yeah. her image, your image, it, it, everything bounced off. Yeah. And so at that point, once our polling came back with that, we went positive. Yep. You wanted us to go positive again. Yep. You're like, all yep. right, that's enough. I thought we, we were done. Just I thought up. we were that's done. Not, yeah, you I thought that was positive. it. Yep. I thought that was it. Except that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it. It wasn't it. So we then get word that well, a couple things happen. A <coughs> mailer is sent out by her campaign with quotes attributed to me. That you never said. That I never said. Mm-hmm. That's just straight up not true. Well, we can back up. We got a poll. Someone got recorded oh, yeah. a poll. Oh, yeah. that's right. That yeah. it asked about these issues. And yep. We're like, like what? What? They're making this up. Yeah. And it's no one would really like make stuff up in a real poll. Like, no, nah, they can't be using that. Any of those issues? I forgot yep. what was the issue. Was something? Oh, is it? Well, Trump. It was additional Trump you comments said Trump that should I should be jailed or Trump should crazy. be in jail. Something like, I, crazy. Just stuff I never said. Right. Right. Just completely never said. Well, what ended up happening was my old Twitter account was taken by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And during the middle of the Senate race, this guy from some other country is like ripping into Trump. They grab those comments. They know they're not. They know legitimate. it's not. They true. know yeah, it's. Yeah, they that's know that's it's ridiculous. not true. That's why they never put it on TV because they would have yeah, been. They never real... did anything in the press with it. Or no, not else, yeah, because they, no, they, they knew it was garbage. However, they did send out a mailer on it. They did, mm-hmm. and then they did. They also contacted a certain gentleman who who may want to endorse them. So tell, give everybody an inside idea. So, so you start hearing things. So we had gone positive again. We're, you know, we see there's no other candidate that's concerning us. Zanetti is not pouring in a bunch of money to, to be competitive. Uh, we weren't concerned about block and, and Ethel. Yeah. I mean, we were, uh, you know, they were Dow's campaign was aggressively courting president, you know, president Trump's endorsement mm-hmm. throughout. And mm-hmm. we knew that. And we're talking to people within Trump's orbit. We're aware of what's happening. We're giving them information our polling kind of where mm-hmm. the race is and our side of this. And, um, we knew they were aggressively pursuing that. And then right towards the end, we get this word um, that she's going to get this endorsement. Yeah. And they had the ad cut and our contact within the people we we're talking to in the Trump orbit suddenly went silent. And this is somebody right next to Trump that you know pretty right. well. And went dark. That hasn't happened. And um, <laughs> so given that information, we're like, and they put up another attack ad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, they're getting ready to get this endorsement. And, and the Trump in the Trump endorsement not only would be the Trump endorsement, it would be Trump shredding me, right? In the endorsement, right, right. Yep. And so, you know, we we get this word that that's happening, and it'd be interesting to know how how close they were or not in real life. But we right. weren't taking that chance, right? Right. So then we we had another another bullet in the gun, which was that that there had been issues with with some of. Um, Dow's work down in TRC with, with uh, daycare issues and things like that. So I went down and met with the family that that had these issues with her. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with them because I didn't want to run an ad that I wasn't confident was completely airtight. Right. And so we sat down with them. 
and and had a had a productive conversation with very nice people um and then we end up running that app yeah i think we put it up right about the same day they changed traffic to their ad yep. and then we sent that ad to trump's team yep set up to be aware of what was on the air and it's a pretty devastating ad it's a pretty devastating issue right and uh no endorsement came Right. Don't know exactly what happened. If there was a backstory there, but that's kind of how that ended up going down. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about. Uh, I will say though, for, for, for to Dallas credit, like she ran a very aggressive campaign yep. against you. That mailer was way out of bounds. Everything else, right? Whatever. After the campaign, she was there supporting. She yeah, was. She, she did. did she did the right thing, and yep. and she deserves a lot of credit for that. I, I totally agree with you. She's, she's actually she's, one of the few that really went out and even you know. Helped get the word out about you and stuff a lot too. So, well, because of what it speaks to, if someone really cares about the changing cause. the state, changing and the cause, and everything state. else, Absolutely. and I think yeah. she did, and that's yep. why she, you know, these are these are contests and, and primaries, yep. and, and they get tough, and, and yep. she did the right thing afterwards. No, if there's somebody, if you have something you want to get done, and, and and she's somebody who I'd, I'd hire in a heartbeat to do that. Like she really pushes hard. I mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for her. Right. Yeah, but the uh, other primary, I mean, you had the primaries. Just to me, is always things coming out of left field, right? Yeah. I mean, just random stuff happening. Yeah. In the, in the and we did. Gets, yeah, we did get plenty of that. Like the border. Yes. Uh, well, or like the debate. <laughs> or the debate. Well, let's start with the border. So we go down to the border to shoot after Dow and the horse race down on the border, right? So she's down there. We're like, we're going to the border. <laughs> like, so we go down. I feel like everybody tried to go to the border. Well, no, I mean, you should, right? It's a I big mean, issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but as a Republican, you're like, yeah, of course you go down to the border. Well, well, we knew we had to put together a good border ad. Well, we had heard that Dow had this crew down there, right? And they had, they they put together a good ad. Yeah, they had a big production team. I, yeah. know, I yeah. remember they were trying to find, or we got word in the film community, they're trying to find porta potties to to bring yeah. on the border. And that area yeah. is really hard to get yeah. to, as you know. Right. Yeah. And so they had their production, and then we had me, you, and the camera guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And, like, and you Lily. You guys had no, Lily. We had Lily. And <laughs> we had a good crew, but like we were all in one car when yeah. we were trying to it's drive to the right crew. spot. Yeah. To the, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so so in, in down there along the border wall, it is a rough piece of road. You never know quite what you're going to get. And and so <laughs> we're driving, and we always make fun. So you you drive your 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 Citadel, your Dodge Durango, souped-up Durango. <laughs> we go down there in this thing. And uh, and so you, you're driving, and, and I look out ahead, and there – there was not, this was not some treacherous piece of road in this particular spot, but there was one rock that it looked like it had been sharpened to a, <laughs> to a point. And all of a sudden I figure you see it. I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. I, was looking, I was probably looking on the other side of the wall to what these guys in the truck were looking at. Right. Was. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and we hit this thing and the tire immediately gone. Gone. Yeah. And I'm thinking my, all I have back, there's like a pizza cutter. Yeah. Spare. Yeah. yeah. It was. Did you even have that? Yeah, we had that. Okay, That's how yeah. we, we, That's how we got it out. Of, okay. No, yeah. Okay. For clarity purposes, you did not drive that car back. You guys had Lily yeah. drive that car with yeah, that well, sad well. little spare, whatever that thing was. Yeah. Duct tape. No cell duct coverage. Tape that you guys, no cell coverage. Yeah. yeah. A girl all by herself. You sent her back up to me. Because I wasn't at the border. I was just about 20 minutes outside of that. Right. But anyway, yeah. No. Flat tires were kind I remember of a, Dale was like, you know, our, our uh, camera guy was saying how we'll just come back and in the next week or something like no 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 no, 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 no. Get this, this thing will be on blocks and be gone <laughs> we, will, <laughs> we will shoot right now yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. absolutely this but this gets to a point which is and this is something that's important you have to raise every dime for the campaign do everything you can to get your message out but you also have to 
so much of what you do is trying to make the most of your resources. And it comes down to every time, like when we finished the campaign, there was nothing left. Like you spend it and you leave it all on the field. You have to. So things like shooting ads, like you're talking about, we didn't have a huge crew. We never did because you couldn't spend money on that. If you're spending money on a big crew, you're not spending money on buying extra ad time. Yeah, I just always think it's about putting rounds on the target. And you look at a budget and you want to have a highest percentage as possible talking to voters, yeah. communicating with voters, organizing voters. And it's real easy to, you know, spend a lot of money on stuff and, yeah. and try to make a movie. Right. You know? Yeah. Or swag or whatever. I mean, yeah, people yeah. do whatever a lot of that. Yeah. They spend a lot Absolutely. Of money on that. Yep. No, you're right. Okay. And so one of the big things that, that one of the kind of things were the, as we get out of the primary and we, one of the last things that happened in the primary was the debate. Oh, we had the yeah, primary the debate. debate. So um, we and had we one. we fought hard for them yeah, not yeah. to Zoom it. Yes. They, we said, we don't want this on Zoom. We want it in person. And as it turns out, we were very fortunate that this thing was on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the debate, you know, and I, it, what's always interesting is that you never, these things are, are unique because you end up in these positions you've never been in before. Like I see the other candidates and you'd see them start to talk. And, and it's like, and you know this, if you've been on TV enough, that, that especially if you haven't been on TV very often, the minute you start talking, oxygen. magically all the oxygen's yeah, gone. Yeah, it's gone. You're getting nervous. You stop breathing. And you, stop breathing. And you just, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, you know, so I'm watching that we start the debate out and, and I just see what's happening here. And, and I'm actually up in our, uh, the, the, right. Christie's old office right over here. Right. And, and I'm kind of just sitting there watching this and, and, and it's pretty uneventful for a good portion of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I always, I didn't like the idea because I thought you were going to be attacked the entire time. And that's not really what happened right. for the most part. It was just right. kind of, when you had that many candidates on there, it's just, everyone's giving an answer and it was. I mean, I think I was on my phone. Yeah. It was kind of boring when, yeah. at the beginning. It was. It was. Until, yeah. And so the, at the end, the thing Channel 7 does is they allow each candidate to ask another candidate a question. And so by this point, um, you know, Zanetti had, had decided he was, you know, he was not going to be an aggressive, you know, and go after us. So his question went to Ethel. And he asked Ethel some question, whatever that is. Uh, Dow goes after um, the Trump comments at me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I just kind of brush those aside. Like, come on, they're big issues. Yeah, and that's not one of them. But then Jay Blanc <laughs> comes in, the Colonel comes in, right? <laughs> he comes in and he, he unloads on you, which was fantastic. So I got to give a quick little background before you talk about this. So back in the Senate race, I went to Ruidoso one night for an event right as the Senate race started, and all the Senate candidates were there. And it was a, there was a setup question in the crowd where a woman stood up and she said, are any of you using Jay McCleskey to help with your campaign? And I'm like, oh, boy. So we start at the end, and every candidate just, on the, Jay's, Jay's the devil. They got the, you know, they got the whole thing, and it's all Jay's evil and everything else. And, and so they start going down. Well, one of the candidates in the race, I know for a fact, contacted you uh, and was like, hey, will you run my campaign? Right. It, he stands up and makes a big scene about how just this is the worst thing that ever <laughs> happened, right? And so I'm just sitting there. By the end of it, I'm just annoyed. So I give a very annoyed answer saying, basically, it's winning time. He does the best job, and I will bring the best people in to do the best job, period. Whatever. I walk away. I, I'm pissed, right? It's over, and I'm pissed. So anyway, we get into the whole block thing. Well, I think one thing that happened with you is you're a guy that gets a lot of phone calls from a lot of different people. So Block gets out there and he unloads on that I'm using you on the, in the debate. Well, this time 
we had the receipts. And so explain how that went down. That's right. He had uh, he had tried to hire me, and he had texted me and and left voicemail. Yeah. That uh, as he's doing this, we're coming through that thing. I'm like, I know I saved it this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the middle of the debate, so the, the, what you don't know about the Channel Seven debate is that they we shoot it a couple days before it airs. So then we have time to prepare the social media campaign to hit him. So we know the minute he says this ridiculousness, we can just bury him on social media. Right. There was that. I mean, and it's always nothing, nothing voters care about more than who you've hired on your campaign. Yeah. Was <laughs> right. Voters are like, who's Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody no, cares. I know. Nobody it cares. is. It is ridiculous. So, so he goes that unloads on you. And then I hit him for the fact that he's a hypocrite and a liar and everything else. So then I ask Ethel Mahar just some question about being a leader. Cause I was like, I'm not going to get in the middle of this. Then Ethel. <laughs> she asked me a question and she asked me a question in Espanol. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I don't speak Spanish. So I, uh, so Which was her whole now here, we have videos. So for those of you watching this, he, here's the video of when it went down. So I, I was sitting there, you know, kind of getting ready to go. And, and Doug says, you know, here's Ethel Maharg and here's Ethel. Here she goes. So she starts asking about, you know, Starts speaking Spanish, and I'm like, "Oh boy!" I look up right there, and I go, and all of a sudden, Jay goes, "Experience." <laughs> That's all you said, and I go, mm, "Got it." <laughs> so then we were ready to go, and I said, "Listen, I just, you know." So I mean, and, and Enrique Nell was in the room too. He speaks Spanish as well, and he was just like nodding, like, "Yep, experience, experience." Mm -hmm. And so that was how we actually answered that. It was pretty funny because then after that. Everyone was like, yeah, Mark must speak really uh, really good Spanish because he just <laughs> – you nailed it. He came right back. And uh, had that been live, had we gotten oh. away and there not been a Zoom – I mean, I don't think it's an effective strategy anyway. No, to no. Do it's not. But, but it would have been a little different outcome. Yeah, yeah, no. And so we, we get through the – we get through the uh, – through the debate, and then we and we felt pretty good. I think after the debate, that was kind of the last thing that could could trip us up. And I think we felt pretty good going into primary night. Right. I think yeah. I think we ended where we thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. And then the general started. You know, right then. Yeah. Yeah. And then and our numbers going into the general were up were two or three points. Yeah, it was two or three points, and it had yep. been that way. It was it, numbers were pretty stable. Obviously, yep. when, right when you got in, we took a look. And the numbers are pretty stable. And then the Dobbs decision comes. Right. And that kind of flips everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just kind of, here we go. And, and as we get into that. Now, I think something that I was, I think, especially disappointed in is what happened with the media coverage of this race in the general election. I mean, we saw time and time again. And, and let me just point out, one example was KOV, where we, we put out an ad about early release. Oh, it's KRQV was the first one. Well, they were, yeah, true. But KLB is the one who went on the air with their big fact check. Right. And their fact check was wrong. Well, I just think it, it, it's stunning. And obviously we complain about the media a lot. I will say that having done this, they've gotten – it's gotten a lot worse. Mm -hmm. uh, and and yeah. they'll say that short-staffed. It's just there's a lot of there's a lot of bias. And the first ad, KRQE fact checked on – and we mentioned the fact that she had released criminals from – prison early under her COVID order. Right. And they fact checked us and said, yeah, but he's not pointing out that that was just during COVID and, and it stopped. And we're like, who, who told you that? And they had never actually fact checked, checked it. on it. Yep. And so then they, that's when they first found out that she was still releasing them early. And I'm telling you that she wasn't the only governor who did that. 
But other governors got a lot more scrutiny as that yeah. was happening. No one was able to just keep doing it, and no one noticed until they mess up their own fact check, and then they're finally paying attention that she released them early. Right. But then the KOB one, like as, yeah. as you were talking about. Yeah, they did the same thing, and, and then we set them straight, and, and it just shows you. And then she finally stopped doing it. And, yeah. and then and when we hit her on her you know, soft parole board who constantly lets people back out of jail, none of this gets coverage. And I think what we've seen now – is this weird kind of mix of bias and incompetence now. And, and, and I used to be really proud of local media because I always say we're not, you know, really there's not the bias that you see in the national media and local media. I don't know if I believe that anymore. And I just don't think you see the level of, of talent presenting anymore, uh, you know, facts in local media, A, because they don't pay them. And then B, because it, I think schooling over time has, has indoctrinated a lot of people as they get into these newsrooms that they feel like they're one of the first lines of defense for whatever political belief they hold. Right. And I think the lack of scrutiny that, that she received, I mean, governors, I don't know if Governor Martinez, uh, you're scrutinized on everything. And yeah. it used to be both sides. Like there was just a, a level of scrutiny that doesn't happen. No. Um, yep. That didn't happen with her. I think a COVID is a great example. Like what she did as a father, as someone involved coaching youth, yep. um, what she did with the lockdowns is, is outrageous. Yep. And, but if you ask voters and we talk in groups all the time, if you ask voters where we shut down more or less than other States, they would say, they said about the same was our debt yeah. COVID death rate higher or lower than mm -hmm. other States. And they'd say, oh, we did a lot better because of what she did. That's just factually not true. No, That's not a subjective argument. No, we're yeah. ninth in death in yeah, the country. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and it didn't work. And the, the amount that what that did to kids and shutting them out mm -hmm. of school for that yeah, long. And you, you have, what, 13% of eighth graders can, are proficient in math. Right. I mean, the, the we're going to pay for that for a long time. But people always wonder, why didn't you guys talk about it? Well, voters, this goes back to how do Republicans win the state? Well, that campaign information campaign has to start earlier and right. voters have to get that. But information that's on earlier. a media that, that has to walk in and say, it's our job to be adversarial mm -hmm. and they don't do that and they don't do it anymore. And if we don't have a media that steps up and decides, wait a minute, it's my job to make power uncomfortable. Then this is what happens because you get into a campaign and you hear from our campaign these things. You naturally say, well, maybe, maybe not. Ron Kennedy's running a campaign. Who really knows? But if you hear it from a news organization constantly talking about it, saying, we deserve answers, then it's different. Well, you just look at the early release thing. She released somebody early who had, there was the largest fentanyl bust in FBI history that had, what, a million pills? Yeah. I mean, they're releasing people that you see the stuff with the parole board, everything that's going on while crime is such a huge yeah. issue in the state. And the, there's no scrutiny on it at all yeah. until our campaign was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally we get and, and I will say, I think there was some, you know, I, I do think the journal at times does try to step in, you know, and I, I thought Daniel Chacon over the, at Santa Fe, New Mexican yeah. pro, pro started pushing on that. Yeah. Too. yeah. I mean, a lot of it is. There's just not as many reporters around. There. Well, there's there that too. To be, mm -hmm. you know, there's there a bunch. Be, there's a bunch know. of layoffs coming to the journal too. Yeah. Again, it's tough, man. And then in the in the TV side, they're not. They're just not. They don't have the horsepower. The right. people in the horsepower to do it anymore. And I just so think that's opinion, an issue. The whole opinion thing, like when we when I came up in TV, you know, you would have been drilled by our first news director if they, she could tell what your opinion was on any topic. Like yeah. when I was when I was a news anchor and I would read something, if you saw an expression on my face or there was a one word that showed my bias. I would have been fired. I would have been in so much mm -hmm. trouble. And now that just doesn't exist. Like producers are even writing the copy and the copy is so biased to start. Yeah. And then you hear a news anchor read it. I'm like, 
this is not an opinion show. It's supposed to be the 10 o'clock news or whatever. And so I think that's really frustrating. I think it's also, it can be detrimental, which I also find infuriating. The fact that, you know, not to keep like going over old things, but one of the biggest impact things that happened to us was towards the end of the campaign. And they did that Howie news conference. That was bad. And yep. and then yep. and they let a young woman talk and put on camera saying that if you elect Mark Ronchetti, he's going to kill women. And they aired that. Yeah. And the repercussion from that and what happened to us, Mark's on the road traveling for the campaign. I'm at home with the girls and somebody comes and shoots at our windows right now at our home, our personal home. And we obviously feel like that was a direct correlation, right? That's they got that got aired the night before. People get pissed off and all angry, and they think this guy can't win. He's going to kill women or whatever. It's insanity that they would put that out there. It's, it's. I was so angry that they didn't even realize um, when you don't tell the truth about somebody, then it, people can get fired up. I mean, I can't imagine like you guys do a press conference, Mark, and you get up there and say, uh, you know, if you were like Michelle, she's going to kill all the men. Well, no, I, I, I couldn't, insane. I couldn't do that. We couldn't do that. Right. We couldn't do it. We know that. I mean, we know, yeah, the, we know the rules aren't you the same. Look at like the, the Democratic yeah. Governors Association spent $12 million record spending ever in the state. All yeah. those ads basically saying that. Yeah. And they were yeah. never fact-checked in one of the new, I, I think know. it was one of the stations said, oh, we're just not going to fact-check third-party groups. It's like, <laughs> they're spending $12 million. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it's and it's influencing any, any the, the decision for voters. Right. So yeah. it absolutely, I, I just, it, that one really made me angry. Yeah, no, so. I, I, no, I understand. I was disappointed to see that too. I mean, because I, 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 I met I met Howie, I think, once. He seems like a nice person, actually. And, and to have him sit there and just listen to someone say those sorts of things. Those well, things they, are hard. They, they I mean, just ran on one issue. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. it was very clear. It, 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 we talked about the DGA, $12 million, one issue. Yep. And all this other stuff's happening. Yeah. And it was very difficult for – and the media didn't want to push – her on any plans. She didn't no. have to lay out us any plans. No, and that's and the I thing. Wrote, and I wrote the media about that because being the person that's at home and having the windows shot mm -hmm. out, um, I just felt like that was just irresponsible on their behalf. And obviously Mark is gone. Mark's always gone on the campaign trail when anything major happened here at the house. Of the <laughs> well, house. I just, and no. that time I was like, okay, now what do I do? Now I don't even have windows and in, in somebody can break in our house at any point that they want. <sighs> So Jeff comes over, tries to save the day for us, which, you know, puts up some cardboard and some duct tape, which was really nice of him. And then we had to send in uh, Jay the next day to actually... Well, no, we had to bring in Sergeant McCleskey because <laughs> uh, he had to come in and investigate because <laughs> we couldn't see. We saw the wind. It was just, it was a garage, center garage window. And, and you, you, we, we knew it was, we knew something had gone down, but we didn't. I, you know, I asked Christy to look around. You see any bullet holes in the walls, anything like that? No, I don't see any, any bullets on the ground, anything, any pellets, anything, whatever. And, and she's like, no, I don't see anything. And then the inspector comes in. Then I came in. and uh, <laughs> They're everywhere. Th this is from having a teenage boy who, uh, you know, and I, we quickly found all the. Oh, uh, they, they like sprayed our entire <laughs> front of our house. The fact that I didn't see that, right. it's not so great for me, but uh, it was night in my defense yeah. and I have terrible eyesight. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but no, but we see though, what, what, you know, and you saw it with the other issues with, with the guy who's in jail now for shooting into homes with, with a, with a much more powerful gun. So right, right, two right, different right, things, right. by the two way. So, yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, but still, I think that's what the, the part that's frustrating is, is it's, you can't, they want to say, well, it's rhetoric. It's this rhetoric on the Republican side that's mm -hmm. inciting this. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, they're they're able to hold press conferences saying that Mark Same wants to right. you know, kill, kill women. women. Yeah, yeah, like it was – it's just ridiculous. It's 
Irre- you know, call the same strike zone. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what all, all people would ask. And so about. knowing this, knowing w- what kind of media environment we were dealing with, we go into the debates uh, with Michelle. And so a little look behind that. I mean, that was one of those things. Obviously, you prepare for and you try to get yourself ready to go. And we sit down. We have what, you know, we get around a table and we have three or four of you guys shooting stuff at me and and going back and forth and, and getting ready for the well, dates. back up too. You, I mean, you developed real plans and that was something you always wanted to right. do when you said you were going to run, mm-hmm. that you want to have real policy plans, right. that you're a real policy wonk. You yeah. really are. And and you spend a ton of time developing those plans. So then when we're in debate prep- um, You got to shave them down and get them, them to a point where you can present them within 45 seconds. Right. Uh, and then hit her. Uh, cause that's just, you know, how it works and no agreed. Cause it's it, our we, only time to hold her accountable. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So what, what happened there was knowing the environment we were in, we knew we had to deliver in the debates cause her whole thing was always a weatherman, blah, blah, blah. You know, so we knew standing toe to toe with her. It didn't turn out. We were standing toe to toe, but that's coming in a second. Hold on. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we knew we had to, those had to go well. Because those were sort of a thing where, where we had to clear this bar to, to understand that we can handle the job and, and also talk about the plans that we have, which, again, is is infuriating now, especially when you see that the, the, the direction is is listless at this point. And, and, and we gave as much detail as any candidate running for governor's ever given. Oh, no question. And so we finish, we, we finish debate prep, and then we go into these debates. Well, you always have a negotiation. The debate starts. Well, mm-hmm. Michelle has a bad knee. And so her, her issue was that she did not want to stand during the debate. Well, I have a bad back. <laughs> and we always felt, and I mean, I think she did actually. Oh, she absolutely a had knee. a bad knee. But oh, she it, did. When absolutely. we first hear it, we're like, she just doesn't want to stand. Yeah. She's Next so much, bark. <laughs> right. so much shorter. Right. And then I, but my back did not allow me to sit. Right. So they end up in this where you're standing and she's sitting. She's sitting. Yeah. And then if you go, uh, Ella, if you pull up uh, the KOAT debate. Uh, just go to like middle of the debate when Michelle's answering any question. Doesn't matter which one. So as you can just put up anyone. So Michelle, she's sitting there. Is so the first KOB debate goes off. That goes pretty well. I think we feel pretty good about that, especially the first fifteen minutes, holding her accountable for crime. Especially fifteen right. minutes went by, and we were just talking about crime. And so we're going back, and I think we felt like that one went pretty well. Yeah. But then KOAT, I think we felt like went very well. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you won that handily. Yeah, and, and easily. As far as debates go, like that's about as well as you yeah. can do. And so one thing you don't know at the time, and Michelle couldn't tell this at the time, is that when you're in the studio and, and, you're, and you're going through the debate, you can't see yourself. You can't see how you look. And so what Michelle couldn't tell was here. Great shot. Here you go, Alec. Go that. See, her arms are up. They're folded across. She, the, the posture's rough, but she can't tell because there's no monitor. And so, you know, that's just one of those little things over well, time. What's funny to me about that is you remember they wanted to be real strict. No one, no staff can talk to the candidates during the debate. Right. Because right? they, I don't, this, I think they were worried that you were going to get past something or something. Yeah. Which well, is ridiculous. Up, which is absurd. <laughs> but what ends up happening is I'm convinced if someone, they would have told if, her, if they would have been able to come and talk Uncrush to her in the arms. break, someone would have said, stop. You look, yeah. on you look super arms. comfortable yeah. and super mean. angry yeah. and mean yeah. and which, you know, all those things, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And, and I think that we knew though, that the big thing in that debate was going to be the candidate questions, right? Right. We knew that, you know, what is she going to do with it? What's her, what's her response going to be? What's, what's she going to ask? And so we knew what our thing was going to be, which was going to be whatever she asked. 
I was going back at her. Right. So it was going to be the pivot. And so were you surprised at her question? What did, do you remember I, that? I was, I was surprised with her question yeah. on that because I just thought it's not the same as that, but similar. Like voters, voters are, I think, they, they accept you being hard, like debating tough and, yeah. and at tough ads, but they want you to be fair. Right. So like Ethel asking a question in Spanish, no one's going to see that as fair. The question I thought she asked was just a gotcha. And I don't think that works with, yeah. with voters. And, and what she did ask is about it. Some, did, did I know what some drug was that is used in, uh, is for abortions? Is that right. what it is? Right. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you know, and I immediately was like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then just <laughs> then immediately just, and then we went right back at her for the sexual assault allegations. Right. Pretty simple question. And I think it's pretty straightforward. What is a, a misoprostol? Here we go again. This is what 25 years in government gets you. This gets you a governor who wants to play Jeopardy. She wants to go and get Alex Trebek wound up. Let me see what I can ask. And let me tell you something, Governor. People have had enough of the political games. It's garbage at this point. And, and let's talk about this. You said you've been more transparent than any governor in history. Governor, you grabbed a male staffer's crotch, a gay male, and then you said, is there anything down there? You then paid him $150,000, Governor, and then you made him shut up about it. And now you have the gall to sit up here and not only victimize James Hallinan, but you re-victimize him. If you remember back, you said during the Andrew Cuomo scandal, if you don't believe those who go and bring these charges, then you're re-victimizing. So you're victimizing, re-victimizing, and now, and the topper of all toppers, you're creating yourself as the victim. Governor, this is the sort of thing that people cannot stand. You've never come clean. You've never said, look, I made a mistake. Here we go. You've just continued to lie about this issue time after time after time. And let me tell you about experience. Experience, especially the experience we need in this office, is someone with character. Someone who has been in tough situations and doesn't lie about them, doesn't belittle people, and doesn't try to shrink other people to make themselves feel better. You, on a regular basis, do that in every single way. You shut down stores, and then you go jewelry shopping. You shut down our ability to see our families, and then you hold parties. And then you keep our kids out of school, and you roll up to Navajo Lake, and you have a party with your friends while we're on lockdown. You are a hypocrite, Governor. And and so then that was the one that I think got the which, most. Which traction. goes back to this media thing you're you're looking yeah. at. Now. Yeah, I mean you see, uh, you know the, the coverage of President Trump getting indicted for um, a payoff, payoff for yeah. a, for an NDA, and, yeah. and the same thing happened here, and it's a one or two day story. Right, yeah. right, and it never gets covered. And even now, if that happens to Trump, no one's saying, "Well, isn't this the same?" Similar, no, I, I can't believe issue? it hasn't been compared to what Michelle did. I'm uh, I'm honestly shocked by that. I don't know yeah. why I should be shocked because. Yeah. It seemed like it never got any. It never got any coverage. I mean, I think CNN is the one that really did the story on her right. sexual harassment of her staffer, and then the payoff, right, with donor money. Which, by the way, if any, if we, if it, I mean, I just can't imagine if that was a flip party situation. Yeah. They would torch a Republican, yeah. and it still, it's just like that unfair. You know, we can get away with things, and I just think that's just too bad. But yeah. anyway, so. So then we get into the, obviously we head down the stretch and, you know. No, what no, happened? no. I want to back up really fast on oh, for boy. you two guys. Yeah. Okay. In defense of one of my dearest people that worked with us on this campaign. Yeah. Jeff Glassberger. Okay. Yeah, okay. Jeff we Glassberger, okay. All right. our, our campaign manager. manager. Yeah who was our campaign manager in the Senate race, right. who came in as like Michael P. Keaton 
fresh face, <laughs> yeah. little, little super sharp kid, super sharp kid, uh, yep. looked 30, but was only like, I don't know, 20 minutes old, something like that at the beginning. And then he, no, he looked 15, but was <laughs> 26, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever, but he was super sharp, go getter, yeah. yeah. just, he is a whippersnapper and I adore, we adore Jeff clearly, but, yes. um, so he does such a great job in the center race. And and he wanted to know, you know, should are you are you considering running for governor? And right. he was he did the right thing. He called you because he had another offer to go work for another candidate. Right. And he wanted to come and help us with the governor's race if you were going to run. Right. And you said I have not made my mind up yet, and I don't want to hold you back. So he does what he should do. Yep. He goes to Arizona. Yep. Gets hired by another candidate, Karen do, Taylor Robson. That's yep. right. Yep. He does a great job. On her campaign, he's there with her for over a year, gentlemen, yeah, a yeah. year. Because they have a late primary. Yeah. They do. Arizona August. So late no, August. We should explain this a little bit, too, that that uh, so we had a, a, group, a core group of a small group of people that helped us out through the primary. You know, they did great, but a lot of them, you know, it just was not something they didn't want to keep going through the general. It was a, some of it wasn't a great fit. Other people just had other commitments. They said, I'll help you through the primary. So I said, okay. So we really had a skeleton crew, but we had a plan. Your plan was terrible. And our plan was for Jeff to lose. Exactly. <laughs> and so we get into Poor Jeff. I'm we sorry. get into so we're we're holding this thing together with like bubblegum and bailing wire. Like we've got like four people trying yeah, to know. make things work. Tough. Enrique's doing communications, Lily's doing operations, like just trying to figure out what to do. And our thought was if 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 Karen loses to Carrie Lake. We get our campaign manager get back. back. And then he brings with him his whole team. Right. Which and all of a sudden stellar. we run this thing to the finish and we're good. And, but campaign now, in a box. Yes. He un- unpacks it. But of course, it. he's our friend. So you want him to win, his candidate to win. No, no, not really. But not no, you two. I, I not you two. Yeah. You guys were like counting the days down on this primary. No, we weren't. Look, it yeah, was hard were. because it you was. Were. Let's it, be honest here. You no, when were. we talked to Jeff, we were very supportive. We were yeah. very supportive. Jeff, don't believe any of this if you're listening. So, no, so the way this works is though, so I go to Jay and I'm like, listen, like a couple weeks before the can- before the <laughs> primary, I'm like, all right, so what do we, because Nicole um, does a lot of the polling in Arizona. So has a look, maybe not that particular race, but she has did a, do that. Right? She, she did, did that. Okay. <laughs> so she has good look. I'm like, what is she seeing? And then she starts hiding it. Yeah. And she won't. And, and we she start, doesn't want to tell you two chuckleheads what's going well, on because she knows right, what you two but, are but up we to. We kind of, again, this goes back to the, the Trump endorsement factor in a primary. And we knew that Trump was going to endorse Carrie Lake. Yeah. Right. And Carrie Lake was strong. I mean, I forgot how much money she spent. Oh, she's a like, Karen? Yeah. $20, $20 million? I think yeah, more I mean, than they that. They ran a yeah. great campaign. They did run a good campaign. Again, she's a good candidate. This actually. is why you don't mess around when you think a Trump endorsement's coming. Yeah. yeah. But, but, um, yeah. You know, we we kind of had confidence in uh, in President Trump's endorsement yeah. of Carrie Lake. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, and you then... guys had too much confidence. Poor lady loses. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. It, but that election night, she's up nine or ten, and so we're like, <laughs> so I'm texting. We're Jay, like, I'm like, that's great, what? Jeff. Yeah, like congratulations. And then he's and then Jeff texts late that night and says it doesn't look good for us. And you two start popping then the we, champagne. Then, well, then the question was asked: <laughs> How long? How long do we have to wait? To How the body's much? cold <laughs> is the actual expression you guys use. That was a little tough, but 
Then then, no, no, no. Then you guys were like, is it one hour? Can I call him now? Is it, it's been one hour. It's been a day. Is this long enough? How long do I have to wait? You two are relentless. It's like a breakup. It's I like know. a breakup. It's like, hey, look, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you guys. But, but I'd I like got, to go out with you. Yeah, I think you? we should go out to dinner and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we were excited to have Jeff come in. But Duh. you two. Well, he went to like his like oh, he Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went into his darkness retreat. Yes, And so he had he to he had to go and just kind of settle out. And we're just like, oh, stop. And he had to think, I mean, do I really want to deal yeah. with Jay and Mark again? Yeah. That's what he had to yeah. really contemplate. But then he shows up with like a comms manager, uh, a field director. Fo- with all this. It was campaign they in were a great. box. It, it was great. great. He's a great, really great um, political professional. Brought yeah. guys with He's him good. that were really good. Oh, and, awesome team. And that, Fantastic you know, they, it was great. It yeah. worked out well. We love no, those it guys. Did. It did. Yeah. He's great. And he's actually working for uh, Tim Scott. Yeah, he's his, his Iowa, State, Iowa State director for yeah. Tim Scott's presidential campaign. Well, maybe he can come on here and tell some stories. No, about he will. YouTube we'll get him on eventually. All right, good, I know he's good, good. he's busy right now. He's got a little. He's little, got something little bit going on. Yeah. Anyway. So. Okay. So anyway, uh, I want to wrap with just kind of your impression on on where the state is and and where we go from here as a party. I mean, I I do feel like there's there's some still some real opportunity in the state of New Mexico. I haven't given up hope on that. But where do you think we are? I, I think we're in a difficult spot in the state. I think you have to be realistic. The the you know I'm sure there are things we could have done better as a, as a campaign, but we ran a really good campaign. You were right. a really good candidate, and there's just you look at the numbers don't lie on the on the results of the election to show what little swing is left. It is becoming a much more democratic state. Yeah. Um, and you look around the country, and when you have states where in order for Republicans to win, you have to be close to or more on registration, voter registration right. parity. We have to do things. We have to be smarter about how we do things here. We have to uh, register more Republicans. We have to start communicating yeah. better and earlier to, to voters. Yeah. Um, and that stuff has to happen for the state to swing. It's going it, to, New Mexico was a bellwether state for the longest time in presidential elections. And the last time a Republican won one was 2004. Yeah. And so we, you know, it's a tough state right now and it's going to take, you know, having to redouble it, but we got to go back. You know, we had, there was a time when governor Martinez was in office and we're running the pack that we had the governor's office. We had the secretary of state. We had one Republican control of uh, the house for the yep. first time in 70 years. There's a Republican mayor in Albuquerque. There was a Republican city council. Mm-hmm. So things switch back and forth, but it's not just going to magically happen. Yeah. It's yeah. going to take, people have to be smart about, we have to be smart about how we do things. And sharing yeah. information now before, right. the, you know, a year or two before the elections start. Absolutely. Again. Yeah. And, and we're not, I can't sit back. We can't just sit back and wait for the local media to right. present all the fairness of what's actually well, going on. And I think you have to be that. realistic about what happens in campaigns. I think we don't yeah. do that. I mean, like, yeah, we have to do vote by mail stuff better. We have to also realize there were issues that voters did not like Republicans on and voted yeah. against us on, um, that we can do a better job. Not that they disagree with us necessarily on that, on, on these issues is we can do a better job communicating our position on it and mm-hmm. how we do it. And we have to kind of, you know, look at the game film and yeah. go back and retool. Yeah. No, it's good. And and I think that's part of the reason, too, that, you know, going forward, we're, we're starting this kind of a, an initiative to get more information out there with this podcast and other things we're going to do, that, that it's important to give people information and, and to spend that time and make sure that people understand exactly what the issues are. Because I think far too many people, the thing, and I talked to you about this during the campaign, the thing that scares me more than anything else is if someone says it can't get better, it's just going to be oh. this way. And it doesn't have to be this way. And, and and I thank you for all you've done for for what you know for our 
family for this campaign. We appreciate it. Yeah, I thanks mean, a lot, Jay, for putting all the things that are said about you. My goodness, Jay. <laughs> It's uh, it's unbelievable. I can't believe I survived. Well, I expected was, you to be, you know, just... Vi- well, poor Jay. I mean, I have to wrap up. And my own thing is, Jay takes the hits, man. Like, I, I mean, it's like some sort of like, you're supposed to be some puppet that he's just, you know, leading the strings on, which I'm like, have you met Mark? Because he, he makes every decision about this campaign and what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. And you have to take the brunt. If something does, if people don't like something that Mark's well, see, done, it's Jay's fault. And I never, <laughs> I, like, honestly, it doesn't bother me. I yeah. got yeah. skin and I'm not on the ballot. So like, yeah. if, you know, these guys want to campaign against me go have at it yeah, yeah. no it's true it's it, and it is one of those things that you 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 absolutely you know but you also take advice from people who know what they're doing That's and right. you do see that borne out over time which yep. is what you switches so, mm-hmm. so obviously thanks for taking the time we're yeah. gonna get you to come back at some point and we'll talk about what's going on in the presidential we just don't know enough about it yet we'll get to it i mean obviously we could run this episode for three hours and but you know obviously yeah. we won't get people through it so we'll have you back when, when we feel like tapping into more of your knowledge. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. We're going to wrap this up. All right, uh, Elle, so you're going to take us out with the uh, oh. show exit? You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It podcast. No Doubt About It. <laughs> The No Doubt About It podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.